Recording in progress. Thank you all so much for joining me. Before I begin, I need to pray. Father God, we just come boldly before your throne of grace. We thank you so much for being full-time in our lives. We ask that you just allow us to be obedient to your Holy Spirit and that you lead us and you guide us. God, allow us to receive your word today. Let us retain the information, Father God. Let your word stay hidden in our hearts, protected with your blood, Lord God. Allow it to grow in our hearts, Father God. You are the grower of your word. When the seeds have been planted in our hearts and watered in our hearts, God, you are the grower of it. So please allow us to grow in understanding you, understanding your word, understanding your plan, will, and purpose, God. Allow us to fulfill those things, God. Pivot us exactly where you need us to be so that we can be positioned in a way to accomplish the things that you have set out before us, God. So let us walk in the steps that you have before us, Father God. Allow our hearts to stay soft and melted for you, Lord. We rebuke and cancel every word curse spoken against us. We cancel every every satanic tongue spoken against us in the name of Jesus Christ. And God, so we just ask that you just please allow your will to be done. Thank you so much, Holy Spirit, for filling me up. I ask that you lead me in this discussion. Allow me to speak everything that I need to. Don't let me forget anything. Allow me to minister grace to the hearer exactly the way that you have given me the word to interpret it, to have revelation. And so let me be able to speak that in the name of Jesus Christ. God, allow us to see things through your eyes and not our own and to hear through your ears and not our own so that that way we are seeing and hearing things from your perspective and not depending on our own so god we just thank you today that your will be done in our life in the name of jesus christ it is still in your blood amen hey 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 everybody thank you so much for joining me today on laws life and health let's talk about it um so today i am continuing the discussion in women's health okay um, I have been having a couple of problems with my internet. I'm not sure why the internet, um, it has been acting up pretty much all day today. I was online for a bit and then I'm not online. So I'm actually using my, um, my hotspot right now. So hopefully, uh, we can, you know, get through this podcast without having any technological difficulties. So I just plead the blood of Jesus over the podcast and I just ask that God allow it to um, flow efficiently so that I'm able to minister grace to those that are listening and, and, and deliver his word today in the name of Jesus Christ. It is still in his blood. Amen. Okay, so I've been talking about the past week. I've been talking about women's health, the black, the strong black woman syndrome, the um, superwoman schema, including um, just the overall... The overall lack of vulnerability that we as black women can sometimes have. So um, let me go ahead and share my screen. Share the screen here. Um, So I've been talking about uh, some steps on being vulnerable. So examples of vulnerability, I talked about that. I talked about some fears. Um, 
something how uh, vulnerability is really important in order for us to maintain, you know, courage and um, just to be able to be understood and having a sense of belonging in society, right? Um, and so that society would be like the people that we love, the people that we're close to, our our um, our church home. It could also be people in our family, our friends, associates, our neighbors. So that makes up our society. So the society that you live in are the people who are close to you, the people that you relate to, the people that you communicate with all the time. So we're talking about those are the the, the types of um, people that you're going to engage with when you're being vulnerable, right? You're not going to just be vulnerable to someone you just meet in the grocery store and just, just get telling them all of everything, you know, but m maybe it could happen that way. You know, if, if you need to pray for, to get prayer for something. Um, so you may need to get that type of thing, you know, so that's important. So what's important um, right now is to understand what, why vulnerability is important. So you're going to have great, you can have greater strength, stronger relationships, and you will have improved self-acceptance. Okay. And so that's, so it's kind of crucial for you to have those things. And um, so I talked a lot about um, just uh, taking chances that might lead to rejection, you know, talking about some of the mistakes that you made, sharing your personal details that normally you would keep private, um, feeling difficult um, emotions such as like shame, grief, or, or fear. Uh, reconnecting with someone you have fallen out with is, is important. Uh, just pretty much being honest about what you need in a relationship, including your boundaries and expectations. So when you're able to show those type of things, then you're able to let your guards down and you're able to build um, from there. So I wanted to go back to um, um, this scripture. Let's go. Let's go to. Uh, let's go to Galatians. Uh, we're going to go to Galatians 3 and 28. That's what I like to go to. So let's go to Galatians. Okay, so Galatians 3 and 28 says, There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. See that? So this is so important for us to understand that we are all one with Christ. We are all one in Christ Jesus. And so the reason why we are is because we make up the body of Christ. And so this is so important to understand this, right? Um, oh, let me pull up this other scripture too. It's another scripture I wanted to uh, mention. It's um okay, so we're gonna go to first uh, Corinthians chapter twelve. Okay, so let's go to first Corinthians chapter twelve and I just want to reflect. So I'm gonna go back and forth from Galatians to first Corinthians twelve sort of interchangeably because they all are directly correlated. So when you look at 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1, let's start there. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, 
though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. So you see, it's the same thing that is saying here is what is the same thing that's saying in, that is saying in Galatians. So the word of God is directly correlated. Understand that it just confirms the word. Um, so there is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female. And for you are all one in Christ. Going back to 1 Corinthians 12. So see, we see here in verse 13, for in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all, and all were made to drink of one spirit. So what this means is that, you know, like if you're going through a problem, you're not the only person that has experienced that problem. You know, it's someone else that has too. You know, if you're stressed out about things, you're not the only person in the world that is stressed out about things. You are not the only person that have endured these uh, heartaches and these adversities, these different levels of pain that you've experienced, this emotional distress. You are not the only person in the world that experienced these things. You are not the only person that experienced hopelessness and despair and, you know, just uh, problems. You are not the only person. So... You have to understand in order for you to be able to overcome a lot of different things, God wants us all to be able to talk about them. It doesn't matter if you are Jew or Greek. So your race doesn't matter, right? Slave or free, that means if you're poor or wealthy, right? Or we're made to drink. We are all made to drink of one spirit. Understand it. So for in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. So it doesn't matter about anything else. We were all baptized into one body. So when you receive the, the spirit of God, you receive you receive part of the drinking of the Holy Spirit. So understand that you are not alone in your situation. But in order for you as a woman to be able to move forward, you have to be able to what? You have to talk about the things that you're going through. So without the without being vulnerable and showing that you can have vulnerability, how are you going to be able to, you know, um, move forward? If you're going to just hold everything in and then just be the the chief caretaker of everyone that you know, so being chief caretakers a lot of times that can be um, that can have a lot of internal inconsistencies. It can have a lot of stress. It can come with depression that's also attached to, you know, a lack of vulnerability that causes a person to what? Not have not have strength, but weakness, right? So yes, you're strong for other people, but you're weak for yourself. You're weak in your situation because why you can't seem to resolve some of the things or the, the experiences that you're going through because you're the chief caretaker for everyone that you know so in order to be able to combat those things let's let me go ahead and um look at it here let's let's finish reading first corinthians 12 verse 14 so for the body does not consist of one member but of many so we are many members in one body so if the foot should say because i am not a hand i do not belong to the body that would not make it any less 
a part of the body. So just because you want to detach yourself from a situation doesn't equate to you being able to do that. You are a part of the body of Christ. So when you belong to the body of Christ, you're embedded there. That's it. It's like, okay, you, you're going to go through these problems. You're going to have these experiences. You might go through a lot of heartache that other people may not, never seem to understand around you. But it doesn't mean that other people in this world hasn't overcome it. It doesn't mean that some members of the body of Christ haven't overcome these things. So I am really actually convinced that God's glory is always shown through adversity, through pain, through suffering, through uh, longevity, perseverance, um, patience. God's glory is always going to be spoke about. How God brought me from here to here. God brought me out of this to here. God delivered me from that to this. God set me free from this to that. God helped me do this and do this. So God helped me have patience. God showed me how to have long suffering. God showed me how to have love. God showed me. So all of these different things are associated with giving glory to God. So I believe based off of what I read in the Bible, it is it's clear to me that every single experience someone has overcome through the help of God. So this is why we must talk about our testimony. So when you look at the testimony, it says here, um, one moment. I'm just waiting on this scripture to pull up. So, and they were saved by the blood of the lamb and the word of the testimony okay so that is how we are saved by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony so the testimony is meant to glorify god glorify god in your situation so you have to understand that if we are the body of christ and just because you're not just because you're the hand and, you know, if you're the foot and you say, well, because I'm not the hand, I do not belong to the body. That doesn't mean anything. Just because you're like, oh, okay, well, I don't want to be a part of this. You know, that doesn't mean anything. When God has called you, when God has chosen you to do what you're supposed to do, you are a part of the body. So you belong to the body of Christ. There's no way around it. Now, it's going to be a series of events to take place in order for you to be able to walk in the plan, will, and purpose of God. Because sometimes we go through these, these recycled experiences, these recycled mistakes, and it's a learning lesson to teach us, but what are you learning from your situation? And so that is basically what God wants us to see, that every single experience and every single situation that you go through, God is a trying to get you to see something. So try to see what is the message in this experience, you know. And um, so today when I went to church, it was so interesting because I haven't been back to this church in a while now. Um, when I went out of town, I was gone for about two and a half months, two months. And then um, I've been back for about a couple weeks and I went to uh, church online for the, two, the past two weeks that I've been back home. 
But it was so interesting because today the pastor talked about, he said, guess what? You was praying for this situation. Like you was praying to be with this person. But if you would have had, if God would have given you what you asked for, you would have been getting beat upside the top of your head. If you would have chose that man and God would have gave you that man, then you would have caught a sexually transmitted disease. You could have caught AIDS messing with that man. So be happy that God didn't give you what you asked for. You know, God has a plan. His plan is greater than your plan. So we have to understand that God's plan is always going to be greater. So I, I truly believe this. I truly, truly believe this. I am very, very ecstatic about the path that God is leading me. And I'm ecstatic about the fact that God's plan is higher than my plan. So like, even though, like for instance, when it comes to my my kids, my kids, I am very personal about my children. I am I am a somewhat of a strict parent, you know. Um I, I would say I'm more stricter probably with my daughter than I am with my boys. But I I love my kids a lot. And so it's sometimes it has been difficult to just like you know, allow them to just, they just go out and they just do certain things, you know, and then it's like, okay, I, I really would like to have certain conversations where it's like, okay, I want my kids to be driven by God, you know, motivated by God all the time and, and just always, you know, trying to read their word and, and just understanding who God is. And it's like, okay, I continue to pray for those things sometimes even when I don't see it. And so we have to trust God. So I, I actually trust God to know that if I fall or if my children mess up at any time, that God is going to pick them up because that's what God do. God does it every single time. He's always there. He never gives up on us. Okay. So if you have a question, please go ahead right here and put it into the Q and A and um, I'll see it and respond there. So um, today... The pastor, he talked about, um, you know, just being thankful that God didn't give you every single thing that you asked for. Because if you would have messed with that girl, she could have gave you a sexually transmitted disease. Or if you would have dated that guy, he would have been beating on you. So just be happy that God didn't allow you to go through that experience. Be happy that God's plan is higher than your plan and his will is higher than yours and his purpose for your life is higher than yours. And so he, the pastor, uh, he also talked about, what else did he say? Oh, so this is what really, really got to me today. So last week, um, I did not talk about it, but my son was in a car accident. And um, when he was in a car accident, the car was like really messed up. It was really damaged. And um, when my son he got he got out of the car, I well he he I he called. Actually, we always calling him because we have there's a, a thing in his car that shows that there's impact to his car. So someone else had got a message one one of his other uh emergency contacts on there and they got it right away and so then like everybody was calling me and then i called my son i see my son standing outside of the car and he's like mom you know like when i'm i'm looking at this vehicle the vehicle is totally like 
damaged. The vehicle is messed up so bad. And all I could do is just pray to God and give thanks to God that my, my son got out of this car with all of his limbs. You know, the car was smashed up really, really bad. And so um, I just was really thankful that my son was okay. And um, the other party was okay. So what, what ended up happening was there was another person that was driving who who did not speak English. And I guess his daughter was giving him directions, but she speaks English. And she also speaks uh, Spanish, but he doesn't speak English. And so he, he took the wrong turn in front of my child. And so the police, like when, when they, when they do the report and everything, they say that the um, report is showed that the other party was at fault. And I'm just like, Oh my God. And, and then, so the guy, he couldn't even get his insurance car out. He couldn't even get his insurance car. Uh, no, you you fine. You joined in at a good time. I'm just giving a testimony right now, Q. Okay. So um, he couldn't get his insurance card out because of the fact that the car, his car was smashed in too. So both of their vehicles were smashed in. And so this guy did not have insurance. And he caused the accident. So now my son is now in the hospital. He's in the hospital, but he's doing well. So the same day he got in the hospital, he was released. They did some x-rays of his chest because all the, the airbags had deployed in the car. And um, it just it just wasn't a good thing, right? And so whoo, my son was, when he went, when he went to the house, he was a bit bruised up, you know, and so he's doing fine. But the point of it, the matter is, is that today in church, now this just happened last week. Now, today in church, the pastor say, be thankful that that uh, you survived that accident, you know, or something like that, or they survived this act. I'm just sitting here like, wow, you know, that's a testimony because God saved my child and the person that caused the accident, him and his daughter. So I just feel blessed. And I, I can tell you right now that prayer, it really, really, really do work. Um, So prayer uh really really do work. Um so and, and and so that's what we have to think about the prayer. P being prayerful, understanding that God is answering our prayers, understanding that God's plans is higher than ours, right? And so I just I feel blessed that my son is okay. And so now right after this the same night, actually, I would say about maybe five in the morning or six o'clock in the morning, my son receives a call from a, a investigator, like an attorney's investigator. And so when he called, my son calls me. And now, man, you, my line is always open. 
for my kids. I always keep my phone line on. Just in the event of an emergency, my kids need to call me and talk to me about something. So I always have my phone on. And um, so he calls. It's about five something, six o'clock in the morning. And so he's saying, okay, so how did you all want to proceed? You know, you could go to therapy. He could do all of these different things. But because he did have some problems with his hand and stuff. But my son, he was so humble about the situation. And I said, well, you know, son, you know what it is when you sue people, you know, and then like, I don't, I don't agree with that, but you know, whatever it is that you want to do, son, I support whatever it is that you would like to do. However, you would like to proceed with this. I'm with you. I'm here to support you. And so he says, no, mom, you know, I, I just know that that man, he really didn't mean to hit my car. That's what my son said. I said, okay. And so he said, he said, "Why, well, you know, it, it was, I think that man, he did an honest mistake. And I don't want to pursue no charges against him, mom. I don't want to sue him either. You know, so I'm like, okay. You know, so I, I we, we on the phone with this, you know, like lawyer's office telling them that, you know, we're not going, my son is saying what he said. So it's okay. So I know that my son didn't not cause the accident. So I'm going to have to go. And help him get him a new car. So he can get back and forth to where he needs to go. So I, I told the guy, I said, you know, we gonna, we just going to give my son a new car. We're not going to, you know, pursue any charges or anything like that. So we don't we don't need that. We just, we he's saying that he didn't want to move forward with nothing. So that's cool. Okay. And so that's about, what that means is that's forgiveness in your heart. You know, it's like my son, he said, he said, Ma, you know, I feel blessed because he said, he said, Ma, I seen my whole life flash before me in that car, you know? And it was like, you have to realize how blessed you are. That's what all of us need to do. God has allowed my child to go through this experience. And my heart was pounding. It was pounding when they said my baby was in an accident. I was like, what? You know? So it was It was just like, I had immediately got on my knees and started praying again. And so that's that's what we have to do. We have to be, we have to stay prayed up about things. We have to walk in forgiveness, not just talk about forgiveness, but actually live in forgiveness. And so like I told my son, um, like I've been raising him in a way where we don't walk in unforgiveness. You you speak your peace, you say what you feel, you you know, but you move forward. You don't hold on to unforgiveness. You don't walk in unforgiveness. When you walk in unforgiveness, you're you're in bondage, you know? So just be more forgiving because love covers a multitude of sins. So what that means is that when you show love to people, it covers there are other problems. It covers it all. It covers everything. Love. Love. So love is being able to walk in forgiveness. So back to this. When, when you being a body, a, a, a member of the body of Christ, it's so important to understand that even if you wanted to dispel yourself and, and remove yourself from a situation, you are a part of the body of Christ. So in verse 16, it says, and if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, 
I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. So if the whole body were in, were in, um, were in I, where would the sense of hearing come from? So the whole body can't be an eye. You can't have someone else's position. You can't be that because God, your experiences didn't shape you to be the eye. Everyone isn't going to be the eye in the body of Christ. Some people would have a hearing if the, but you know, like that's what this scripture is saying. If the whole body were an eye, verse 17, if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing come from? Basically, if the whole body were an ear, what would the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. So we are part of the body of Christ. But our experiences, our situations that we went through, the adversities that we've overcome by the blood, the our testimony has positioned us to be at a at a certain part of the body so it doesn't mean that your position in the body of christ isn't important so if you are the foot you know uh you it doesn't matter if you're not the hand because what good is the body if it has no foot so you won't you you are part of the body of christ these are all metaphors these are parables that you can call um similar to a metaphor in this world they are parables for you to understand that god has positioned you exactly where you need to be within the body of christ so that position that you are in the body of christ you need to make sure that you are mature in that position how mature are you in that position that god has for you You don't have to, you don't, you don't have to say, okay, well, I'm not the hand, so I'm not important. Or, you know, I'm not, I'm not the ear, so I'm not important. Because the eye is more important than the ear. You can't say those things. You just have to understand that God loves you exactly the way that you are. God has allowed you to go through your trials and tribulations that you have overcome so that you can glorify God through them. How are you glorifying God in your pain? How have you overcome the pain that you've experienced through the glory of God? Excuse me. Um, so how are you glorifying God through the things that you've overcome? It's not about anyone else. It's not about what they're doing and how they're doing it. It's about you. So moving on to verse 21, it says, The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need for you. So the problems that you've experienced, someone else has experienced it. But the Holy Spirit 
will help you both get through it. The Holy Spirit will help you both overcome it. So 21, verse 21, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet. I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the great honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty. So what God is saying, see, the, 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 the parts of the body where you think is weak are actually the most important part of the body. So just because you think that you're not significant, your ability to be able to uh, listen to people allows them to move forward in a way by giving them the peace that they need to God. So that's the ear of the body. You have the ability to hear that is amazing. So just because it seems, uh, you know, indispensable, it is actually one of the most important parts of the body. And so the greatest parts of the body, those parts are, you know, like really, but they bestow a bunch of honor, but they are unpresentable parts that, that people treat with great modesty. So just because you treat it with high honor doesn't mean that, you know, that's something that it should be. So whatever level God has positioned you, you have to embrace where you are with God in order for you to move on, continue to value your relationship with Christ, value the communication that you have with God, make more time for God, enhance the quality of your relationship with God. It's not about what someone else may be doing. You don't know their experience. Their experience of adversity has positioned them to be that way in Christ. Your experience of adversity has positioned you to be where you are in Christ. So this is what the word of God is telling us. They're like, hey, look, look, look. The eye cannot say to the hand that I have no need for you. So it doesn't matter about where you are in your walk with Christ. We are all a part of one body. We just position on the map geographically at different locations. So you may be in, you know, Puerto Rico. Somebody else might be in Africa. Somebody else may be in Dakar, Senegal, while you over there in Egypt. And then we here in America. But see, you position where you need to be positioned. See, because some of us, we can't. We can't make it in Puerto Rico. We can't make it in Egypt. We won't be able to make it in some parts of the world. So God allows us to go in some parts. Like for me, for instance, God allowed me to grow up in the low end, in the hood, in the Inglewood. So when I was young, God said, God sent my pastor to say to me that, I God, God would use me to go places that no man would dare to go or even think to go. And God would use me to snatch them back. So if I took some of the people in my neighborhood where I grew up 
they will be scared. I remember one time when I moved, I moved in over in Inglewood. And this wasn't my first time living in Inglewood. I, I like Inglewood. I love Inglewood. I love the low end. I love all of my people. But when I moved over there, one of my friends came to visit and he like, you know, you need to think about your friends when you moving somewhere. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? He said, you need to think about the neighborhood. You moving in all these neighborhoods. It's bad over here. Don't know why I don't want to park my car over here. <laughs> I was like, wait, wait, wait. See, what, what you don't do is this. Let me explain something to you all. So to rearrange your perspective on the hood. See, I was taught that you could be walking down the street. And you could see somebody across the street that's on drugs. They could be, you know, they could any it could they could be homeless, they could be on drugs, they could be all type of stuff going on in their life. But just because you treated them nice, they're going to remember that. So if they see something happening to you, they're going to help you. Because they remember how you help them. So let me explain this. When you care about people genuinely, you don't have to look down on them. You're not going to have the ability to look down on people. I don't look down on people. If you are on drugs, you are a person. If you have a disability, you are a person. How do you treat a person with their disability? You treat them like a person. How do you treat someone on drugs? You treat them like a person. Now, one thing you do, you respect the boundaries. Respect boundaries. That's it. So, it doesn't matter where you go to in the world. You respect people and you give respect. If you want something else, then you might get what you're looking for. So that's the thing. We have to make sure that we are children of God and we walk in with the spirit of God. Okay, so this is what the God, word of God is telling us. That it doesn't matter which part of the body you belong to. We are all a part of the body of Christ. So if I'm geographically positioned on the low end, that's where I'm at. If I'm in Inglewood, that's where I'm at. Wherever I'm at, that's where God wants me positioned at. So we have to be willing to go where God wants us to go. And so that's another thing that my pastor talked about today. Um, he had his saying, uh, it, he said, I'm trying to remember exactly what was on the screen today. Uh, it's called dogs, D-A-W-G-S. 
but he only spelled out the word dog d-a-w-g and so what that means is you are strong in the body of christ right you're gonna you're gonna do things um you you know that if you don't do it god i'm still going to serve you no matter what it he talked about all of these different um let let me go to let me go to his video let me see here all right so let's see if i can get to the time where he was talking about some of this stuff Okay, let's see here. Okay, wait. This is um. Come on, man. Come on, man. You know what I'm saying? Just okay, so this is Pastor Myron at Innovation Church in uh, Memphis. Cause you to be out of the palace. 
But being in position could cause you, could allow you to, to be in the palace because you're in position. You ain't doing it for the palace. You're doing it because out of obedience to God. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I'm not getting out of position. I'm available to God. I'm available. I'm available. I'm going to be found doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm available. The dog. Available. Some of us, we asking God to do things for us. And when God don't do it, we, we get we get mad. And, and okay, so you're not going to bring the husband? Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to get a sugar daddy then. You're not gonna you're not gonna get my spouse doing right, God. I've been asking them to do right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna manipulate things and I'm gonna play God in the situation and, and, and I'm gonna get him to act right because I'm gonna do this. Or I'm gonna get her to act right and I'm gonna do this. Or, or my flesh is acting up, God, and I asked you for a husband in the next three months and you ain't gave me no husband. So guess what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna go on take care of my business. And I'm gonna go shopping online and get some stuff to satisfy myself. Because you didn't, you didn't come through when I thought that you should come through. Or how I thought. So I'm getting all out of position. I'm getting with this dude and I don't need to be with him. I'm getting out of position because, God, you didn't do it. I asked you to do this. You didn't do it. I'm mad at you, so I'm out of position. Sometimes, God, because sometimes, Mike, it's a test. Let me see what you're going to do if I tell you to wait. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now you don't you, you don't know that the blessing around the corner. Amen. If, yeah. if you have a submitted heart, the blessing around the corner. But let me just see. One month don't, I don't do it. The next month I don't do it. Next month I forget. So also, so now you've revealed your heart. Because guess what? You didn't have faith in God. You had faith in the outcome. Let me say that again. The the, the first service rejoiced. I, Okay, I'm going to move forward a little bit. Time dealing with a fool. So she go and say, look, my husband, look, dude, a fool. He do, he do crazy stuff all the time. He pay his stuff late. He just he got all the answers. He just can't nobody tell him nothing. He ain't got no mentor. He makes statements like, he a man just like me. He ain't no leadership. Nobody, he don't follow nobody. That joke, a fool. And I can't tell him you're a fool. I'm just telling you, King, because I know you got authority. Don't don't do it because you'll mess up your reputation. God is handing the kingdom into your hand. Don't mess it up on this fool. God gonna deal with him anyway. That fool ended up dying. And then David married Abigail. But David was wise. Saul used to try to kill David. He used to bring him over to the house, Jen. And when he brought him over to the house, he 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 get he get an evil spirit in him, and he get mad at him, and, and start throwing a javelin to him, trying to pit. But I'm not gonna take this man life. God got this man right here. Okay, so that's really good word today, and um, so basically what he was saying is. Um, just being a dog is D-A-W-G. You have to be determined. You have to be available for God. You have to be wise and you have to be a go-getter. That's what you have to be. That is what, so he, he had referenced the men in the, um, the, the Gideon and the, and his soldiers. So it was a thousands and thousands of soldiers, right? And so, um, God needed to reduce the soldiers. So he told Gideon, 
you know, any of the ones, any of your soldiers who, um, who stand up and drink up with the water, those are the men who he going to use. So he only used about 30 of those men. And those are the ones who won against the Amalekites. So they were they were ready for war, meaning that they were standing like dogs. They were leaping, like drinking up, like standing up. The other men, they, they got down to the ground and was drinking from the water. But these men were very special. They were they were prepared for war. And so that's what the pastor he described them as 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 uh when they were drinking, they were drinking like they were lapping like dogs, you know. So being a dog, that's a reference to Gideon and the and the um Amalekites being defeated. Um, and Gideon overpowering them with his his soldiers. So you have to understand that, you know, God wants us to be focused and understand that we are all members of the body of Christ. So let me finish reading this. Um, so on in verse, uh, let's see, in verse 24, no, verse 25, so that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. So what this means is that we are all a part of the body of Christ. And so it's not about how you are offended by what she said, he did, this person said. It doesn't matter about none of that. If one of us suffers, all of us suffers. And I usually always say you only as strong as your weakest person. So, hey, just because you feel like you all the way up there, if you're not making sure that the other people are strong along with you, then what is the what you know, like you you have to make sure that you all are living abundant, you know? And the way that we do that is we support each other, we congregate with each other, we go to church, you know, um and that's the thing, like, I know that I, I need to improve in these areas, meaning that I need to probably have more um, church friends and stuff, like more members of the body that I should have friends with. But it's like today the pastor talked about, you know, when you're in your cave, how is God using you? Like God used David while he was in his cave. See, David had ran from... David actually ran from Saul because Saul was trying to kill him. So David ran to the cave, but he had 400 men. And these men were strong. You heard the pastor just talking about them. So they, they you know, I don't I don't have to get into great detail. You could read about them in, um, in Samuel and also in Judges. Uh, so when you, when, just when you think about all of this, God, how was God using David in the cave? Right? So it's he the pastor he talked about that our position in the body of Christ is not important. We are all important members of the body. So it doesn't matter about what you're experiencing. God loves you just as much as he loves everyone else that are within the body of Christ. So if one member of the body of Christ suffer, we all suffer together. So this is if if one member is honored, then all should rejoice together. We have to be supportive members of the body of christ so in verse 27 it says now you are the body of christ and individually members of it and god has appointed in the church first apostles second prophets third teachers then miracles then gifts of healing helping administrating and various kinds of various kinds of tongues 
So are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all possess gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, but earnestly desire the higher gifts. So, and I will show you a still more excellent way. So what God wants us to do is we need to be making sure that we are maintaining the gifts of the spirit that God has given us. We need to make sure that we're in encouraging other members that are within the body of Christ. This is important. God wants us to follow this. We we should it, it doesn't matter if you feel like your position isn't significant. It is significant. You are significant. Your your um adversities are important to the Lord, but understand that when you're going through adversities you're going through problems and you're having these issues god wants you to call on him god wants to help you get through what you're experiencing so going back to this um examples of being vulnerable let's move let's press forward and look at some of the reasons why people are closed off and so um and this is specifically to women, not just also, you know, I guess some men can include themselves in this because of the fact that the women are not the only ones that close themselves off. Women are not the only ones that lack vulnerability. So this is inclusive to both male and female. So some of the ways that people become closed off are, for one, they, they practice different type of defense mechanisms. And they do this to protect themselves. So some people, you know, they may not want to have conversations with certain things. They may have avoidance to certain situations. They may feel so hurt about something that they just master the fact of not, not ever talking about it. So they could, you know, they may have negative thoughts in their minds about themselves. So they choose not to you know, focus on those type of things. For instance, a person that, you know, um, has never had a job or someone who can't provide for their kids or somebody who can't, you know, um, maintain the household. These are all identity things that are associated with their behavior. So how are they feeling about themselves? Do they feel like they are a failure? Do they feel hurt? Are they having negative thoughts about themselves? So many times, you, you you know, some people that when they're not learning from their mistakes, how can they strive for personal growth? If you don't learn from your mistake, how do you strive for personal growth? Are they forgiving themselves? Are they forgiving others? How often are they seeking forgiveness from someone else? It's mistake. You know, like, so all of these things are so important to understand and they impact the overall sabotaging of themselves, not just sabotaging them on their own selves, but sabotaging their relationships with others. And this creates a environment where they're building walls. They're building these walls. They're building these blocks to sort of like, you know, um, trap their emotions and trap the way that they're, you know, um, 
trap their outcomes. So they, they are choosing to be isolated and alone. So a lot of times people that consequences of not being vulnerable, they are going to trap their feelings, trap their emotions, trap negative thoughts about themselves and everything else. So understand that there's a big difference between there's a big difference between being alone and being uh isolated. So you could be alone because you're building a relationship with Christ. You could be alone because you're trying to, you know, um understand the word of God. You want to hear the voice of the Lord. Right? So you you know if you're if you're alone but you don't communicate with anybody. So these are all signs of feeling isolated and alone. You always want to make sure that you're vulnerable. You know, like, so for instance, if I am having a conversation with my sister about something and she feels that I did something wrong, I want to know what did I do wrong to you so that I won't do it again. Tell me, talk to me. And I really mean it because I, I don't want to hurt your feelings. You're my baby sister. I love you. So it's about, you know, like it's about being the, the not the bigger person, but being the mature person, you know, because if you say you're bigger than somebody else, that means that you're doing something greater than them. So just say that you're mature. That's it. So I am wanting to be the mature person in this situation. So I don't want to feel, you know, like, OK, did I address this issue? Did I resolve it in a way Did I have? Did she have willingness to accept my vulnerability. Did she see that I was being vulnerable? So when we're talking to people, it's like, okay, so are you vulnerable or are you just saying something out of your mouth? So some people have an inability or unwillingness to be vulnerable. And this is a, a big part of relationships. It creates a limit on how much those relationships can evolve and deepen. Vulnerability, it requires a sense of emotional safety and trust in the other person. Not being vulnerable hampers the development of intimacy in your uh, marriage. So understand that, okay, can I, can I, can I, I trust this person with me being vulnerable or are they going to trample over my vulnerability? How do you allow people to gain confidence in their ability to be vulnerable to you? Are you a person that it, they can talk to in a safe space? Where, okay, this, this space, I know that if I talk to you, that my vulnerability is safe. So can I trust you? So you want to embrace your authentic self. In order to combat the fear of vulnerability, you must first learn to love and accept your whole authentic self. God wants you to love yourself too. Love others. How, how do you love others if you don't feel loved? See, somebody told me once, they say, well, love... Love is pain. This is what I was talking about the other day. We all have our own definition for what a word is. 
So like love, love is pain to some people. Love is hurt to some people. Love is unconditional to some. Love is patient and kind. But what the Bible talks about is in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 9. Love is patient. Love is kind. But then it's some people that still believe in God and will say love is pain. Because that's what they feel love is. That's what they experience. They experience pain when they was given love. They weren't giving love, so they and they experienced pain instead. So their identity is attached to the pain that comes from love, not love itself. Not the love that comes from Christ. So in order to love, you have to understand what love is. You have to know what it feels like to be loved. You have to embrace it. Embrace your authentic self. If you don't know what love is, say, God, you know, I need you to show me what love is. I want to know what love is. God, that's what your words say. Love is patient. Love is kind. But I didn't know what love is. Prayer is a conversation with God. So you have to love yourself. And loving yourself is one of the toughest lessons that you would ever have to face. Because we all have flaws. We have imperfections. Some people have embarrassing stories, past mistakes that they wish that they could forget about. So some people, they feel insecure. They feel awkward. They, they, you know, that they wish that they could change certain things in their life. So they like, oh, I'm ashamed, basically. But don't, don't fool yourself. Embrace those experiences and allow God to reshape what has been broken and shattered in your life. The only way that God can reshape what's been broken and shattered if you allow him to come into your heart and to help redevelop your thinking, to transform your mind. So that's what God wants us to do. You know, in order for you to feel successful and beautiful and, and feel important to other people, and not feel awkward or insecure with self-doubt anymore. You have to change the way you think. Because it's not about what other people see you as. It's about how do you see yourself. If I see you as being great. But you don't see yourself as being great. It's meaningless. I say, I think you're going to get the job. You say you're not going to get the job. I say you funny and you cute and you just awesome. You say, ah, you know, I ain't all that. So how are you seeing yourself? Do you feel secure? Do you feel like you are capable so it's about working in progress. It's, it's about how you it's about how you see yourself and do you see yourself as capable?
So you want to aim for excellence, not perfection. That's what this says. But I'm going to tell you today that the word of God says the perfect means to be mature. So you see, like I just heard them. I just heard shots and stuff, right? But they don't never shoot on my block, okay? I don't never hear that. It's so quiet where I live. So what I'm trying to say is you have to understand that it's like, okay, from when I'm from in Chicago, you hit shots. It's always on the news. Somebody innocent got shot, a kid and got shot, a pregnant lady, an elder senior citizen. Because they go ride past and just shoot at people. That's how Chicago is. So, you know, you have to be on alert. But like, is that, is that, do I have to be on alert every time I hear a shot? It's like, okay, duck down and go to safety. Weapon ass, weapon ass. You know, so it's like, okay, we have to really transform our minds from the way that we think. We have to do this. God wants us to be mature. Mature means uh, tam in Hebrew. It means to be mature in nature and in action. That's what perfect means in Hebrew. So if we are supposed to do the things that God wants us to do, we have to stop contradicting what the word of God says. If the word of God says, be submissive unto your husband, that's what we're supposed to do. Ain't no, there is no, oh, I'm not listening to no man. That's not what the word of God said. So earlier today, I was talking to one of my friends. And so we was talking about um prayer and going to church and stuff like that. And so, so I was like, so, um, so how's your prayer life? You know, what's going on with you and stuff like that. So he was like, you know, you know how, you know me. I'm a pleaser. I'm like, what you mean a pleaser? A people pleaser. He say, nah, you know, I'm a woman pleaser. So, you know, I, I just, you know, I that's that's what I do. I'm just a woman pleaser. That's what he focusing on. And he say, well, I ain't been praying like I, I should, but I should. So what this tells me is, first of all, you don't want to have those soul tags. It's the word of God. Like, and he says, so what you think about that? Because I've been praying about, you know, like the women that, you know, basically like the women he messing with. But the word of God, what do the word of God say? Because I used to think that it was okay to have multiple, you know, like women in my bed. So that, that I thought that that was okay. I thought that that was a part of a relationship because it was satisfying. So, but the word of God doesn't say have multiple. The word of God tells us that a man leaves his father and mother and is united unto his wife and the two become one. So we have to sit here and accept what the word of God tells us, not what our thoughts tell us. 
So I hear so many women, they be like, girl, I ain't, I ain't about, I'm not listening to no man. I'm not listening to nobody. But the word of God says, submit it to your husbands as you do unto the Lord. And, and husband loves your wives as you do your own body. You don't beat your own body up. You take care of your body. You feed yourself. You gonna eat. Unless you don't love yourself, then you won't know how to love your wife. See, God tells us everything what he wants us to do in his word. So I'm going to go additional uh, 10 minutes tonight. And I just want to let you all know that we have to eradicate by eliminating, that's eliminating negative self-talk. These negative self-talks is not allowing us to have fullness in our relationship with God. So don't have these negative self-talks. Remember that you are important. Embrace your mistakes. Because you need to remember what is God trying to show you in this situation? What is God revealing to you? Stop trying to prove your value to other human beings. You don't have to prove anything to anybody. Either you accept me or you don't. I'm not a people pleaser. So stop trying to prove your value to other people. God knows your value. And if you try to prove your value to them, you'll never be able to always meet their expectations. So at some point, you're going to fail. So your desire to be to please God and not people. So if God tell you to do this, like I do this podcast every single day, because this is what God want me to do. I'm not being compensated to do a podcast. I do a podcast because this is what the Lord wants me to do. He wants me to talk about my testimony. He wants me to read the word, explain and interpret the way he has given the word to me. And so I'm a, I say yes to God. I say yes to his plan, yes to his will, yes to however he want me to say it, yes to whenever he want me to say it, yes to however he want me to say it. So you have to remember that you can't do, you can't be everything to everyone. You're not going to be everything to everyone. But you can be everything to God. Because when you're trying to meet those expectations of other people, those expectations at some point, people are always desiring something more. When your desires are not lining up with God's will, you're going to desire more 
of this world. So don't desire the things of your flesh. Don't, don't think about those things. When you desire the things of your flesh, there are repercussions to that. It's repercussions to these relationships. It's repercussions to it. You thought that you found a good business partner, but you didn't found somebody that was a snake. So now they're not only a snake, they cutthroat and you ain't even know it. So now you have to deal with, oh, now you didn't make the wrong investment. With somebody that was cutthroat. And so for the people that don't know what this means. Because your flesh said this and your flesh said that. Listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit and influence the people that you encounter by the power of the Holy Spirit. That is what is significant. It's not about you. It's about the souls that you encounter. So. Let me go ahead and pray. So just allowing us to receive your word today. God, thank you for giving us the double portion of your love, mercy, and grace. So we ask that you please allow your will to be done in our life. God, thank you, God, for just favor going and coming. Thank you for allowing us to walk in righteousness, Lord. And most importantly, God, we just ask that you please allow your will to be done. In the name of Jesus Christ, it is still in your time and blood. So thank you all so much for joining me today. And if you have any questions or any topic suggestions or you needed to get prayer, send me an email at lostlifehelp at suddenchangescorporation.org. If you wanted to contact me directly, send me an email at Watson at suddenchangescorporation.org. Please remember to share, 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 share. And always be safe. All right. All right. See you all tomorrow. You have a good night. Oh, and there will be two parts to this video.